This is exactly right. Scotty, it's a new year. Are you ready for one? First story of 2021. Meet Cagatillo, the adorable <laughs> log that shits gifts for children. Okay. Hi, Cagatillo. Welcome to Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. And uh, welcome back. A fresh year, a new start. I'm ready. I'm ready to put 2020, but I'm the only person that didn't have a great 2020. I know. It's so rare that you would be excited for 2020 to end. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one. Uh, Which is exciting, too, is that we're not even... We're talking to you from the past, so we're yep. talking to you from the bad side of 2020. Yep. You're listening to this in the good side of 2021. How is it? It's going to be so good so far. And uh, I hope all of our Bananimals who love our original theme song are and texted me and DM'd me saying that they did not like our festive holiday version of our theme song. Uh, I hope you're happy because now we're back to Kay Han's original masterpiece, and we're gonna we're gonna ride this out. We might do a St. Patrick's Day one. Other than that, stay in our lane. I like Kurt. the idea that people were upset about it. Like, what what is this bullshit? Are you gonna have this yeah. jingle bell shit all year round? Yes. No, that was the best one. And then uh, we and to this uh, young lady's credit, we 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 squashed it all very quickly. But the first one was like, I don't like this at all. Go back to the other one. I do not like this song. And I wrote back, hey, sorry, it's only going to be on for two episodes. It's Christmas themed. It's holiday themed. We were just trying to have a little fun. And she goes, wait, it's holiday themed? That's so fun. (laughs) 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 So we made it right in 2020. Um, Also, guys, before we get into this story, because we're going to get right in. Yep. Bananas live. Oh, yeah. You know, we're doing we're doing a live show yes. online from your living room. You can mm-hmm. come and join us. Go to bananaslive.com. Get it's, tickets. It's February 6th. We already sold out of all the premiere tickets, so thank you to all the Bananimals that bought the ones for the Q&A before and the pre-drinking and all that stuff. But we got just, we can't sell enough of these $10 general mission watch it in your bathtub tickets. Yeah, and you will, you'll still be able to chat with us. We'll still be able to see the chat while we're recording. Uh, so it still is going to be a really good time. We have to still get on. We have to decide when we're going to post all about what we're going to wear and what we're going to drink. Yeah, we'll, we'll, take care of we'll that. do that a week before. I have some ideas. Um, okay, hit us with right. this log that uh, does its damn thing. <laughs> uh, you know, this is I'm so this is so such a crazy story. I'm thrilled that it came in. Copy haste sent this in. Of mm. course, thank you. Um, and this it's nice because it's a new year. We were trying to lay off butthole related Absolutely. stories. Absolutely laying off the beehole. And we content. did. We, we did. laid off the butthole stories for uh, months. Probably I would say. six and weeks. It's nice to. <laughs> It's probably <laughs> it's nice to start 2021 with a butthole related story. Yes, it and is. And one that has is it, it is so 
fascinating and rich, really, in tradition, Scotty. Yeah, it's history. Um, this is history in the making. So this is the, 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 the title that I gave it was a title I wrote, because the title, whoever wrote this title at Dangerous Minds mm-hmm. uh, does not know how to write a title. This title should have been Meet Kagatia, the Adorable Log That Shits Gifts for Children. But instead, it's, <laughs> this, is, this, this, this article is titled Turd-Related Christmas Traditions of the Catalans. Now, oh, yes. This is fucking fascinating. Now, yes. I know it's the new year. We're past Christmas and everything. Really, we should have done this last week, but here we are. Things happen. Uh, I got to get it in. I can't wait until next year for this. Yes. So, uh, if you're not so familiar with Catalonia, part of Spain, it's an independent part of Spain. I don't know much about it, but c- according to this, they are some real weird people. So, <laughs> this is the best part. Yes. So, they have this tradition. I'll post this. I'm just going to start reading here. You better. Okay. I would love it. Each December 8th on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, families mm-hmm. in the Catalonian region of Spain bring out the Tio de Nadal or Caga Tio, mm-hmm. which means shitting log. The log is painted with a smiling face and stands on two tiny stick legs. Scotty, it's adorable. It is adorable. It is highly adorable. Yes. It's got eyes painted on and a little mouth and a nose. <laughs> <laughs> Get one for the whole family. I'll post, we'll post it on the Instagram. Every night until the 24th, as tradition dictates, the children are instructed to give the Tio a little bite to eat and cover him with a blanket to keep him warm and cozy. Cute. On Christmas Eve, the Tio is placed partly under his blanket, mm-hmm. and the children order it to defecate. The children beat the log with sticks while singing the Tio de Nadal <laughs> song in order to make it shit presents. Normal. Parents... <laughs> parents place presents under the log's blanket while the children close their eyes and pray for the really good shit. The children's song to Cago Tio is absolutely wow. adorable. I'm not going to read you the uh, Spanish. I'll just read nope. the translation. Shit log, shit nuggets, hazelnuts, and mato cheese. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with a stick. Shit log. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... At this point in the article, yeah, I thought this is there. This is a joke. Like they're having me on. This is oh, a no. hoax. So I started googling it. Found video of it. Oh, yeah, of these children hitting hitting this log until it shits presents. Bring it over here. I, and then there's photographs of the of the of the logs being sold. It, it's all fascinating and wonderful. Yes. Um, but Scotty, that's not that's not where the shitting traditions of the Catalans ends. Well, I, I'm okay? clenched up over here. I'm ready for more. <laughs> Coaxing turds from Cagatia <laughs> is a wonderful Christmas custom, but not the only scatological Catalonian tradition. Even no. more popular and beloved, even more popular. I know where you're going. Is with the this. beloved Cagener, mm-hmm. whose name literally translates to the crapper or yep. the shitter. Everywhere The Cagener is a figurine, traditionally in peasant garb, who's yes. bent over and taking a dump. I've seen this it. This figurine is placed among the other figures in the nativity scene. Absolutely. The figure is hidden away in the nativity, and the children are instructed to fi- try and find the Cagener. And, they, and then they've made them... They're incredibly character. They're incredibly popular. That they make them for famous people. So like, there's famous oh. people. There's one for Barack Obama, and he's taking a shit. Oh yeah. And there's one for Madonna, and she's taking a shit. And it's literally like a piece of shit yes. coiled up underneath a bare asshole. Oh yes. And they're like tiny little things. There's a Madonna. There's there's Marilyn Monroe. Oh god, Putin. yeah. Just standing over the there's vent. The Pope. Oh, classic. <laughs> the Pope. Yes. Yeah. 
the Pope. The Pope. And the fact that they're in the nativity scene, they even have a photograph. I'm just going to put them all up on the Instagram of like a, I'm looking at it. I'm saying, I'm going to say this is probably a 55 to 60 foot tall man statue Beautiful. in a mall oh, yeah. in Spain. Oh, yeah. Taking a shit. The shit is the size of a normal human person. They should make it a car, drive it around the city, get everybody pumped up. You can hit it with a stick and dance around it. Uh, I was in Barcelona uh, three years ago for Christmas, and I didn't know this tradition. And outside, sort of on the main dragon in front of the main cathedral, they have a beautiful Christmas market. I was traveling alone at that point, and I was backpacking. Well, I had a backpack on. I wasn't backpacking. I had a backpack on. Right. And I'm walking through this. <laughs> I come around the corner, and on they have these kiosks, like all of a, in any city would have, where ornaments and that. But on, I would say, 70% of the kiosks was this little guy bent over with a, taking a dump. And I was like, what is this? I thought it was like that year's like <laughs> ga- gag gift where it was like, hey, guys. And I mean, every single one. But the funniest thing is... Before Christmas, they cut that off like two or three days before or like a week before. So like right up to it, they like cleared out. And I think everybody's very Catholic and goes to church there. And the cathedrals are like no more of the uh, famous pooping guy. But it is everywhere. And it's awesome. And it feels like it should also happen in the States. And it feels like I know in Boise, in Boise, Idaho, they have a big Catalan population. I bet they do it there. But this feels like it's a Milwaukee thing to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. We should bring this to Milwaukee. Laverne and Shirley and shitting on Christmas. <laughs> yes. Have you been to Barcelona? I have not. I've never been to Spain. I want to go to Spain Man. so bad. I'm now so now I've got to go. You got to go take the family for Christmas. It's yeah, Barcelona and Valencia. Weirdos. Barcelona and Valencia are so awesome that time of year. It's amazing. The food's so great. Uh, after like three weeks of eating. Uh, you know, when you first get to a foreign country, you just go hard on their cuisine, like whatever they're known yeah. for. So you're doing tapas and jamon, and you're doing croquettes, and I'm paella, I'm, and I'm alone, so I'm just over ordering because I'm excited. And after like two and a half weeks, three weeks, I was like, I just want to find a dumb American bar and have the most basic, like like eat a chicken sandwich. And yeah. I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I have photo evidence, and I'll post it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I bet there isn't one around here. And I start walking around this corner. It's up near the university, and there is a bar called Obama's. And out front of the bar is a <laughs> statue on a bench of smiling Barack Obama with his arm out that you can take a picture with. It's it was it's a very sportsy American style pub, but um, yeah, I, I hope it's still there. Obama's uh, bar. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. And also like that's how much the world loved Obama. Like it's just so mm-hmm. amazing. Do you know what I mean? They're it just is. like, yeah, they finally got it right. <laughs> We're going to name our American bar Obamas. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, did you do one. I we didn't have weird Christmas traditions growing up in my house at all we were very straightforward i guess the only weird it's not even weird but even now my family does it on christmas eve we don't do christmas morning we do christmas eve mm-hmm. and then we sleep in like normal people we weren't like get up at like my friend andre my best friend in high school would get up at 6 a.m run downstairs open all his gifts before his mom was awake and then start playing sega genesis and text me and be like or text me call me and be like what'd you get and i'm like uh I'm still asleep, man. I'm so sorry. We don't do that here. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we used to always do it on Christmas Day. And then, I, I don't know, I was maybe like 
in second grade or something or third grade. And I kind of figured out that Santa Claus didn't exist. But my mom still wanted, because it was just me and my mom. Yeah. And my mom still wanted to keep it like special. So we went to church on Christmas Eve. And then when we came, and I was with my mom at church, like yes. she was sitting next to me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in my head, I was like, you know, my mom is Santa Claus. And then we got back to the house after church, and then all the presents were under the tree. Whoa. And it just blew Whoa, my mind again. Barbara. Like she just fucking just jumped it up one more. And never in my mind did I just think her friend Yvonne just came over oh, and dropped Barbara. the presents off while we were at. We n- I never thought that. I was just like, fucking nope. magic is real. I love it all. <laughs> Good. Give me a new one, Scotty. Give I got you. One. Here we go. This is from MLive.com, written by John Agger. Mm. John Agger. That guy is, he makes typing look easy. Uh, and was sent in by Hex and Violence on Instagram. I think Hex and Violence has sent us in stuff before. Thank you. Son wins lawsuit after mom throws away his best porno mags. Oh, yeah. This came in from quite a few bananimals. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's funny because with that title, you would think it's uh, you got to fight for your right to party. Yeah. Um, but no. Ottawa County, Michigan, a Grand Haven couple have to pay for disposing of their son's pornography collection. The only question is how much. David Working, spelled with an E, 42, sued his parents. All great family, off to a good start. Uh, Beth and yeah. Paul working after they tossed out what a judge called, quote, a trove of pornography and an array of sex toys, end quote. <laughs> Boy, this is the case you, you know, you pass that bar and you, you put your time in. This is a case you want to try. So, Judge Paul Mahoney of Kalamazoo, great, great city name, granted his son's request uh, for summary judgment in his favor. All parties have until mid-February to file written submissions for damages. The parents' attorney uh, said there were, uh, they're trying to st- establish the value of the items that were disposed, uh, but declined to talk about the case. So this is what's interesting. So the son says the damages are $25,000 of porn and sex wow. toys. Wow. How much? So wait, does this guy live at home? Uh, at 42, let's see. Or was he I, just storing all of his pornography at his parents? Kurt, that is the <laughs> question that I guarantee every banana is thinking, and I'm glad you. And I'll jump ahead. Um, his client. Oh, I actually I have to say what his lawyer said first because it kind of teased it up a little bit. Um, there's a, the type of damages that all the lawyers are about to yell at their speakers, but I think it's called treble damages, T-R-E-B-L-E, uh-huh. which uh, are warranted given the wanton destruction of property. So the judge says the case wasn't about a guy in his dirty magazines. It's about destroying somebody's property, which makes sense. I, I totally get that. So um, – the lawyer said that his client had moved back into his parents' home in late 2016 after a divorce. After he left Muncie, Indiana. rough. Oh, yeah. This is, it's, it's been a long four years for a lot of us. Uh, yeah. After, but some more than others. He moved to Muncie, and then he expected that his parents to send him his belongings, and then he later realizes that dozens of boxes of pornographic films and magazines were missing. His father said in an email, frankly, David, I did you a big favor getting rid of all this stuff. Oh, man. Wow. Dad getting to the heart of it. Um, 
And I must have just read that because the judge said, get into the heart of the coconut now. I've never heard that phrase in my life. The legal... <laughs> that <laughs> um, is not a phrase. This I guy's a parrot head. Yeah, yeah, he is a parrot head, our least favorite man in the world. Uh, <laughs> quote, getting to the heart of the coconut now, the legal issue before uh, the court is whether Paul and Beth converted David's pornography into their own use. Probably not. He found out that they did in his latest ruling... Uh, he said as early as 1874, Michigan courts have recognized that conversions to, to one's own use was broad and could include destruction of somebody else's items. So by throwing them out or destroying these $25,000 worth of porn, they used his stuff. They he, used it. You got to be proud. Destroying it. You got to be proud. Wow, this is, I wonder also, imagine that the reason for his divorce was that he had $25,000 worth of pornography you gotta that he not get rid of. You gotta wonder. <clears throat> and then he's like, no, this is where I draw the line. I'm keeping my $25,000 worth of pornography and I'm moving back in with my parents <laughs> and we're getting a divorce. And then his parents immediately throw out the reason that he got a divorce. Yes, like, it yes. should have just been his parents just getting involved earlier. And how oh, did they find God. out? And were these boxes open? And... W- you know, storage facilities exist. It's it's a complicated case. Oh yeah, I would like this one. We got to check back in with. I want to know how it all ends up. Yeah, we got to check out the how the working family deals with this. I um I do have a story about this. It's uh oh, it's one of my favorites, and I'm I'm glad oh we haven't told it on the pod yet. It's a great way to start twenty twenty one. So, uh, gosh, I would say this was in two thousand. I went to college at University of Massachusetts, and as a freshman, it snowed so much that I went to the domestic exchange office, and I said, what school is closest to the beach? And the domestic exchange (laughs) uh, lady said, University of Hawaii, but it's more expensive, and University of West Florida in Pensacola is the same or less than UMass. So I said, I'm going next year. So I go the next year. One of my best (laughs) friends that I meet down there is, I'm going to use a different name, um... I'm going to I have to write this down so I can keep looking at it. I'm going to say his name is Rob. So Rob is one of my best friends down there. He was older than me. He was like 22. Uh, he lived just off campus, but he went to school there. And he his parents were born again Christian and like very born again to the point where they paid for his really great uh, apartment uh, off campus, but that she would come and check it every single week for like Drugs and alcohol and pornography. Oh, whoa. Is it worth it, Rob? Is Is it it worth it? it? And so, and he Ah. liked to drink. uh, He was a funny guy. We were really good friends. And he he also attended church and stuff. But he he told me one night that he and his long-term girlfriend uh, had made a sex tape. And they made it, and this is in 2000, so they recorded this on a, oh, wow. a camcorder that had a full-size VHS cassette, <laughs> and he held it the whole time. Uh, and he, he held it. He held it. That's big. It's big in 2000. Yeah, he's not on it, but uh, she was, and I know her. We talked about this once, and she was like, yeah, he held it the whole time. So it's basically <laughs> I have a sex tape and his torso down. So anyways, so when he tells me this, he goes, you know where I hide it? Because my mom comes in and uh, goes through my closet 
and goes through my drawers and checks my search history. Her, his, his mom figured out what search history was when we like when we all did, and he hadn't cleared it. And she was like, Whoa. "What is Club Jenna?" Um, <laughs> so his genius solution was directly next to his television. He labeled it Bon Jovi Live. <laughs> so, so. For our uh, younger listeners, or our older, for all our listeners, um, Bon Jovi wasn't that popular around 1998, 1999. <laughs> Huge in the in 2000, 80s. 2000, he was, yeah. Dead. <laughs> Nobody cared. So on the label in Sharpie, bold as day, Bon Jovi Live, because he knows nobody, especially his parents, will ever be like, well, let's watch this concert. <laughs> Until... His younger sister, who was uh, a freshman in high school, we'll call her now uh, Lizzie. I'm writing that down. It's My Life comes out by Bon Jovi, and it is a sudden and yeah. unexpected pop hit in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> so during his mom, oh my god, that's right, that was like a late era Bon Jovi it's hit. It's my life, yes. Yeah, so life. during. <laughs> Oh, man. So during one of his mom's uh, post-picking-ups, a uh, sister from Catholic school, present um, cleaning, like, I'm checking your whole house for anything. My buddy Rob is in his bathroom, and he hears his sister go, oh, I love Bon Jovi. And he comes running uh, in a towel, n- nude but wearing a towel, out of the bathroom, takes his cassette tape, smashes it on the ground, and goes, don't you ever listen to rock and roll music. Don't you ever listen to rock and roll music. And the mom goes, what has gotten into you, Rob? He goes, I don't want her listening to that. And he destroyed it. <laughs> oh, man. oh, this is so great. I uh, don't think you need to change any of these names. Oh. I love every single person in this story. Oh, I know. Well, now they're all older. They're older than me anyways. But uh, Rob, uh, I think Rob might listen. He's never m- messaged me about it, but he'll know who he is. And uh, yeah, uh, didn't want his sister listening to Bon Jovi's It's My Life with the surprise <laughs> comeback hit. It's my life. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, there's so many like uh, like Ugh. made a sex tape and then it gets into the wrong hands plots and bad movies. Yes, but this one is just so nice that it involves the sudden and unanticipated <laughs> resurgence in popularity of New Jersey's own Bon Jovi. Do you know what I mean? Like that Ugh. brings the world into it. It's in so such a really funny. beautiful way. And he had to name a band that was lame enough at that point where nobody would want to yeah. watch it, but known enough where nobody would question it. Like it was. Was like, yeah, like, what is this? Yeah, his parents were probably like Bon Jovi, sure. Yeah, we know those songs, we remember it, whatever. But yeah, he almost got a he almost lost that apartment. Oh my god. Well, let me, let me give you, let me tease you this one before we tease break, us, Scott. buddy boy. There's a good chance you've made out with a drowning victim from the 1800s. <laughs> This story is amazing. Anyway, right when we get back.
are back. Bananas. We're back. Thanks for a great 2020, everybody. We, Kurt and I thought we would do okay with this podcast. It exploded. It was a lot of word of mouth. It was a lot of murderino bananimals. So thank you to all the uh, OG murderinos that came over and became bananimals, too. Uh, we really appreciate it. We, we're we glad to have a big audience, and we hope it keeps growing. And tell your friends. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was really nice to... Um, did we talk about the fact that we were named the like one of the best new comedy podcasts? I don't think we have. I don't magazine? think so. No. Um, so that was such a nice little treat. Um, and so thank you uh, to Becca James, who wrote the article about us, um, who we don't know. Nope. She's just someone who listens to the podcast. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's cool. so um, cool. Thank you. All right. So this one was sent in by Mary Nicole. Okay. It's from IFL Science, our yep. favorite I fucking love science. The worst name. There's a good chance you've made out with a drowning victim from the 1800s. Tell me about this it. This is just so, there's so many twists and turns to this, Scotty. Bring them. You em. probably haven't heard of the unknown woman of the Seine, but there's a good chance you've kissed her directly on the mouth in a matter of speaking. In the mm-hmm. late 1880s, the body of a young woman was discovered drowned in the River Seine in Paris. Okay. Nobody knows what happened to her. Um, is this written by someone? No, it's just by the I fucking love. love yeah, they don't really credit staff. very much. They just kind of get to the point. No, um, nobody knows what happened to her though. At the time, it was speculated to be suicide. More impo- importantly, nobody knew who she was. So unlike today, when a face might make the papers or be posted on the internet, in 1881 France, as a way of hopefully finding an identification, officials would often take a corpse and place it in the window of a chilled room for people to gawk at it like an item in the window of Trader Joe's. Oh. I don't know if people gawk into the windows of Trader Joe's, but okay. Um, Yeah. Should anyone recognize your corpse, they could then say something along the lines of, you know, they're making a joke here. I'll take that one to go, like you would if Trader Joe's had table service. Yeah, this yeah. Person, whoever, yeah, has never been I to a Trader Joe's. Why this is not credited? <laughs> this person's never been to a Trader. The only reason you gawk- the metaphors doesn't make sense. No, the only okay. reason you gawk at Trader Joe's is you go, "Oh, look at that bread that's going to get moldy in seventy-two hours." <laughs> oh, that guacamole is going to go bad so I've fast. Gotten, the only time I've ever gotten food poisoning uh, from like a grocery store meat. Yep. It was from Trader Joe's. A not steak surprised. from Trader Joe's. Anyways, Trader Joe's. There anymore. Big, big fans. So, um, <laughs> okay, so nobody claimed this woman. Okay. Uh, but it, it is now is not known why, but this pathologist at the mortuary decided to make a death mask of her. Um, though the popular story goes that he was so entranced by her beauty that he couldn't help himself, which is a good indicator that he probably shouldn't have been working in a mortuary. That's their joke. Um, and for whatever reason, <laughs> the cast was made. Okay. It became bizarrely popular when it was oh. taken out of the mortuary, and masks made from it went on general sale. Whoa. People apparently could not get enough Whoa. of this good dead girl's face. It was popular among artists and writers. Stories were written around it. Everybody needed to have this. Again, they make a joke like a Furby in the 1990s, except it was a corpse's face. Okay. Uh, a woman has died. Let's, so. let's lay off the jokes, IFL. A woman is dead. <laughs> Her face endured for decades when, in the 1950s, a toy manufacturer, Asmund S. Lairdell, used the model as the face of a soft plastic doll named Anne. Now, mm. this mm. is where it takes even yet another turn, Scotty. I'm ready. As chance would have it, Lairdell's own son had nearly drowned when he was two years old. 
when, in the mid-1950s, Dr. Peter Saffer came up with a method of resuscitation involving mouth-to-mouth and chest compressions. He went to Lairdal for help with how to teach it around the world. Lairdal leapt at the chance, and together they worked on a lifelike-ish CPR doll that if you've ever done any kind of first aid training, you've probably pressed your lips against Whoa. the Resusa Ann. Hmm. And it is based on that doll that was Ann that Lairdale created, cool. whose face was this 1880s drowning victim. Amazing. So if you've ever gone to a CPR class, you've put lips to this woman who drowned in the 1880s. Isn't that fucking crazy? Great. I love that. I Who knew? I love this story. That's amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. And also, you know, I once took... I don't know if you've ever taken a CPR class. I have. Right after Olive was born, we took an infant CPR class. Smart. This is just like something you do when you're, yeah. you know, scared of parent. everything. You're nervous. <laughs> nervous your child's going to die. You you practice yeah. everything. Exactly. And so we go into this class. It's in like the back of a store. <laughs> Trader Joe's. Guy, it's in a Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's at the back of a Trader Joe's. It's in a locker. It's a meat locker. I got food poisoning after. Um, <laughs> But uh, so this guy, so like the for infant CPR, it's like really fast. You know, it's like one, like uh, like beat a second. So they have all the they hand out all these like infant CPR kits. Yes, or CPR dolls. Yes. But then, so after you do it like once or twice, and he's like teaching you the rhythm of it. I love it. He then is like. But this is a this is like a classroom situation, okay? You're concentrating, you're ready. This is not going to be what it's like if you're ever in a life or death situation. So then he's like, "We're going to do it again, and I'm going to make it real." Oh, and so now we're doing. <laughs> now we're giving CPR to this little doll, and he's flicking the lights on and off and screaming at us like, "What are you doing? I'm calling the police! I'm calling what? the police! Stop touching my daughter!" And he's. <laughs> Oh, my God. So it's already stressful <laughs> to do it because you're like, because just like the act of doing it makes you your brain kind of get into like a panic yes. mode of like you're trying to save a life. Yes. And then when he just starts screaming at us, what is going it was on? like we both started having panic attacks. And I like, guess you did. We were so close to leaving at that point. But we stuck with it. We're now infant, infant CPR certified. Uh, and well, I've forgotten it all. It's okay. Well, uh, well, later. never mind. Two yeah, I mean, later. if I ever start choking when uh, the Great Quar ends and we're back in a restaurant, I insist you give me infant CPR. I don't want the Heimlich. <laughs> I want to go out, and then I want you to, I want Lauren to walk over and start flicking the lights in whatever Mexican restaurant we're in, and yell, stop touching my son. And you to give me the quickest, <laughs> most rapid CPR you you can remember, or just just ballpark it. You'll look like a DJ or something, dude. That's crazy. Oh man, and that crazy. Well, you got another one for us? I do. I tease this one at the I think the end of the year one. You asked me for one quick headline, and I'm just going to give it to yeah. you again. Here we go. So this was uh, sent in by Jen underscore S underscore Lamar. Jen S Lamar. Vatican launches investigation after after Pope Francis's Instagram account likes a Brazilian bikini butt model photo. This is so good. Uh, this was this, is so, uh, this is so good. So this is from uh, the Catholic News Agency. The article though is written by Saba Chowdhury. Um, yeah. Thank you, Saba. 
best in the biz. The Vatican has launched an inquiry after Pope Francis's Instagram account. So many banana animals sent this to us. Liked a photo of a Brazilian bikini model wearing clothes resembling a school uniform. The like oh, no. was reported by news outlets this month and was unliked just a day later, which is so funny. The guilt of like, <laughs> stop the bleeding. Maybe they will forget. It's the Pope's official Instagram account. So... Of course, it's not the Pope, but it's more fun to think that it is. But the report yeah. says that the Pope's various social media channels are managed by a communications team of employees. One less employee, I think, these days. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one. Um, and an internal inquiry is underway to determine how the incident occurred. The model, Natalia Garaboto, who has 2.4 million Instagram followers, is reported to have joked, quote, at least I'm going to heaven, end quote. Good for you. <laughs> That's great. Natalia, good, joke. good for you. Good joke. Miss Garaboto also offered a papal quip of her own saying, my mom, might hate, my mom might hate my ass pics, but the Pope be double tapping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm starting to love this person. Uh, the Brazilian yeah, Models Management too. and Publicity Firm, Coico. Uh, uh, said that the posting of the Instagram last week that the company had, quote, received the Pope's official blessing. I mean, now they're just getting carried away. Uh, but her website has subscribers that have exclusive access to sexy content and follow back on socials and signed Polaroids, Kurt, for that for that uh, Easter <laughs> that Easter basket, if you don't know what to put in it. <laughs> So neither the Pope's verified account nor the model's uh, account follow each other. So this somebody was just scrolling and saw a big-butted schoolgirl, Brazilian schoolgirl, and said, you know what? I'm going to get fired today. But here's – I know. Do you know what? I'm feeling like getting fired. <laughs> you know what? I don't this like this job the, that much. <laughs> because if a person who is who has been hired to run the Pope's Instagram account – you would assume understands that if you like something, it's visible that it's you've liked. I bet you he, that that person yes. was switching in between their personal account yeah. and the Pope's account, and yes. they happen to be the Pope's account still. Yes. But also, it's weird too. It's like all these people who like like booty pics. Yes. It is such a strange choice. You're just like it's just it's just such a weird thing to be like. I want to be on record as liking this butt. Yeah, forever. That's true. In the internet. That's true. It's almost like so basic. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, I'll just the last line of this story, and then we'll we'll start. We'll riff dog it. Uh, is the official PayPal account has seven point four million followers, which is not as many as I would have guessed. Wouldn't you have guessed more? Yeah, seven million. That's How many? Well, does... you know what? Catholics are Catholics are a dying breed, Scotty. They're going. Yeah, they don't breed like they unless used they, to. Unless they get, unless they let women, if they let the priests marry, and if they let women be priests, I think it would change the game for Catholics. But uh, until then, I think it's good. It's oh going yeah. Sometimes I would go to the south, and people would be like, "You Christian?" Wheel. And I'd go, "I'm a. I went to Catholic school, but I, I don't really practice anything." And they go, "Catholic, Catholic." They're like, Mary's not going to get you into heaven. And that was always the line. Mary's not going to get you into heaven. The saints aren't going to get you into heaven. I'm like, 
Okay. Can I just please walk walk away and drink a beer? I, I used to have a bit. I used to have a bit. I have two. I have one one like thing on. Uh, I used to say on stage, which is I was raised Catholic, which is a fun way of saying I'm no longer Catholic. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, I love. And then that. also that Catholicism is like normal Christianity if you mixed voodoo in. Yes. That is the one thing I kind of like about it. Like all the saints and stuff is so crazy. It just yeah. feels like this is this is, we're really making up stories, aren't we? This and then is we fun. get together and we do that low weird chant that you would assume <laughs> druids did around Stonehenge at some point, where you go through him, yeah. with him, in him, and the unity of the, Holy, the, unity Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And honor is ours, <laughs> Almighty Father, forever and ever. Forever and ever. Oh, we don't have to learn Latin it anymore? Is. Thank you. Cars are about to start flying. We have Teslas now. <laughs> Jeez, I guys. still took Latin. I took Latin. I took Latin for four years in high school. I mm. cannot say I cannot read a single piece of Latin. He, uh, it was, it was, it was taught by a brother. Uh, it was taught by a brother who would not let you hold a pen during class. Yeah. If he saw you taking notes, he would physically slap the pen out of your hand. Oh, nice! And yell at you. How religious? He was. He was so crazy. He was such a crazy person. Uh, Brother John at CBA, Christian Brothers Academy in Lincroft, New Jersey. Great I love guy. calling him out. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, for four years, I had to fucking take lunatic lessons from that man. Yeah. Anyway, go it's ahead, crazy, Scotty. but it, you're right. Like, just tapping these things and like the permanence and the algorithms and everything that's grabbing you forever. I When I was doing Misery Index, I think I might have mentioned this on the show, uh, on this, uh, on the podcast we're currently doing, is that the majority of new like breakups over social media were for were for Venmo which we've definitely talked about a lot but it's also oh. that people when in, Instagram always goes back and forth on whether you can see who people like or not and it's like oh my god it's a trail of tears for these people when it's just like bud what are you doing and you know this was probably an unpaid intern who's probably 17 and they're like do you know how to use an iPhone and he's like yes and they're like great do this for the Pope. And he probably just got a little <laughs> carried away for, with it. And it happens. It happens. Uh, well, at least she's going to heaven. Yep, absolutely. That's the beautiful part about it. Absolutely. All right, you want another one, Scotty? Man, I cannot wait to laugh. This one, it's a little uplifting one. It's uplifting for 2020. I have one at the end, too. We're going to start this year off positive. Yeah. For once. <clears throat> This was sent in to us by Shane Cleveland. Thank you, Shane. All right, Shane. Again, everybody, please go follow us on The Bananas Podcast on yes. Instagram. DM us your uh, DM mm-hmm. us your weird, strange news. Mm-hmm. Also, you can email it to us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. This is from CTV News. This is from Canada again. We love Canada. You know what? Someone just messaged the banana account on Instagram and said, I love here. I've never heard <laughs> two Americans say cbc so many times i love <laughs> canada so much canadian noise if dan I, I and miranda it. and calgary are still together and listening to this the bananas podcast message me i hung out with you in costa rica for three nights in a row dan and miranda in calgary let's get back in touch come on dan and miranda we love you all right this is this is from ctv news is written by christy somos and oh, brooklyn newsstater best that, brooklyn and a Canadian named Brooklyn. That okay. is the title of a movie. Now I've heard everything. All right. This is from Toronto. In July, 
Starts off sad, ends pretty great, Scotty. The then 24-year-old Justin Fernandez was walking home from work when he was struck by a motorcycle. Not good. Impact severed his right leg and sent him to the hospital and subsequently a rehabilitation facility for months. Oh, boy. Now he has a Christmas gift that would make most people do a double take. The articulated bones of his lost limb, a testament to the struggles he went through in a year unlike any other. Okay. This was my closure, basically, Fernandez told CTVnews.ca in a phone interview Thursday. Mm -hmm. This is how I wanted to grieve. But to make his dream a reality took months of coordination, hundreds of emails, dozens of phone calls, and just a little bit of internet magic. Yeah. After his accident, Fernandez posted a message on an internet page dedicated to taxidermy and made a quip about having his leg treated. Wow. And the Prehistoria Natural History Center in downtown Toronto answered. This is why Canadians are better than most people. Yes. The PNHC routinely handles animal animal skeletons for display purposes and also have a business doing pet memorials, which often require putting the bones back together again. Quote, we didn't know him when the incident happened, but through the process, we've gotten to know each other quite well, and he's kind of become an adopted member of our family here at the museum. Head director of the PNHC, Ben Lovatz, told ctvnews.ca in a phone interview. While some may have balked at the idea of Fernandez's request, Lovett and his team embraced his vision wholeheartedly. Quote, everyone heals in their own way from a tragic incident. And this incident was a hit and run that left him almost bleeding to death at the side of the road. So he was trying to find some way to have closure, some way to feel kind of feel whole again. And this was a unique way to do so. Right. Uh, Lovett also provided his services for free. Why? Because he's Canadian. Yes. All right. We... Quote, this is another thing. Quote, we actually had heard that he had reached out to a taxidermy studio mm-hmm. who quoted him $15,000 no. for his leg. Come on. Now, for a frame of reference, what yes. $15,000 should get you in terms of bone preparation, mm-hmm. which is something I have always wondered, Scott. You're a bone prep dog. Absolutely. And I needed some bones prepared. Yeah. He says, I would charge that much to take an entire dead whale off a beach, tear it down to bone, and well, mount it up. Well, so, yeah, it was quite an outrageous request for that much money. How rude. Also, it seems like this guy has t- torn down an entire whale once and rebuilt it from the bone. Yeah, up. he's bragging a little bit on that one. <laughs> me? 15? <laughs> give me four hours in a blue whale. I'll, I'll give you some bones. <laughs> you can park your motor home in it when we're done. Oh, this is the best. So uh, this goes on and on and on sure. and on and on. Apparently, but like there's this roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. He has to get custom waivers. He's got oh, to get really? released. You For know, your own consider. leg bones? Yeah. Do you remember when we had Kristen on and she couldn't get her teeth? When she lost her teeth, they immediately become considered a quote unquote like cadaver and they become a ward of the state. So like you can't get it back. You know all these waivers and stuff to get it back oh the state's been making Um, me mad for so long (laughs) so yeah so he finally got it there's a picture of it i'll post it on the instagram Hmm. it's fucking awesome that is cool story let's start 2021 just like this weirdo who taxidermies uh whales or if somebody's going through a harder time than you and you can do them a, a solid and a favor let's just yeah. do some solids and let's start the year doing solids and favors for people it's not that hard if you're good at this and a kid gets hit and loses his leg yeah let's yeah. let's not charge him a whale's ransom to get that leg cleaned and <laughs> but 
I mean, I see. I don't know. Like we, this kind of goes back to a bunch of earlier episodes when we talked about like cremation ashes and those kind of things. I don't like. One time when I was working in Atlanta, I, I pulled up to some school and a kid that greeted us. I was asking where a building was, and he had four gnarly looking teeth on, like a hemp necklace. And I was like, "Oh, are those yours?" He goes, "Yeah, these are my wisdom teeth." And I thought that was so wow. weird. I was like, "Everything that comes out of me." Is yours the the universe can have it? <laughs> it's for it's every- also strange that he was able to get them. Yeah. Um, what what state was it? Uh, uh, Georgia, baby. There it is. Yeah, there it is. You they do whatever do, you want. North in Georgia, near Dalton, I think. Um, you can do whatever you want. That's but this perfect. is also like everybody's been complaining that twenty twenty was such a hard year. Yep. It's like this guy had the hardest year of all. Gets hard and. And now he's got his own leg as a bone. Man, I love this guy. You know, I got it. You just said something that I'm scrolling through the banana phone. The banana phone's gone, guys, for I think another six months. And please, I, I love the calls. I've It's been so fun getting calls from everybody. It's It keeps going. I still average probably six to ten a day. And then I still get great emails. I think we're going to – or voicemails. I'm going to – I think we should play some of the better voicemails going forward sometimes. Yes, 100%. So, Bananimals, if you call and leave a voicemail and you don't want us to identify you, we that's fine. Let us know. But if you're cool with it, we will maybe play some of these really nice uh, voicemails. But, uh, yeah, I got this text exchange. And a four-year-old niece was diagnosed with cancer in July, uh, which is tragic. And then she also got COVID, and everybody was oh, really no. losing it. So I got that text, uh, understandably, on December twentieth, and it was. And she's the cutest kid you've ever seen in your whole life. Uh, and the real miracle will be to survive COVID. Um, and then I got uh, this little four-year-old girl. And then I got the text today. Pictures of her hugging and celebrating. I'm holding them up to Kurt. She's COVID-free. She made it through. Yes. She's a survivor. Yes. She kicked the vid to the curb. Oh, it's so beautiful. But thank you for these. These are great stories. And I'm, ugh, they make me so happy. They make me so happy. Oh, that's good. Great kid. Absolutely great kid. Um, so keep fighting. Stay positive. Get your legs back. You want one more positive one, one for the last road? One to send us home. I got a great one, and this one's going to tee up a word that Olive uh, created, so you'll know what I'm talking about. Here's okay. the title. This was sent in by Mary McIrish name. Now, we did not write that name. This is one of our beloved bananimals, Mary McIrish name, and written by Meredith Goldstein at the Boston Globe. One of the best newspapers in Boston, one of the best writers at the Globe, is orbisculate a word. The late Neil Krieger's children want it to be. I like this kind of thing. So in Boston, a brother and sister are on a mission to honor their late father. Hillary and Jonathan Krieger lost their father, Neil, in April to Corona. He had kidney disease, and we were very worried about him, Hillary said. He was a scientist and entrepreneur. Neil's kids remembered uh, the Jamaica Plain native most for his kindness and creativity, especially his ability to make them smile with made-up word. He was uh, creative and he was whimsical. He saw little things in life and he saw the moments and opportunities for having fun and celebration. And the word he created was called orbisculate. Uh, 
And we got to make this a word, Kurt. So growing up, whenever an orange or a grapefruit or sometimes a cherry tomato would squirt out a little juice and hit you in the face, that orange was orbisculating on you, Hillary explained. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Hillary said that she only found out that orbisculate was not a real world when she lost a bet to a friend. He had no idea he was going to cost me $5 when he started uh, introducing this word to our family vocabulary. So in honor of their father's memory, the family uh, is dealing with the loss during the pandemic, and the Kriegers have decided to launch a campaign to try to get the word orbisculate into the dictionary. And I love this word. If something sprays you in the eye from a citrus fruit or something similar, it has orbisculated on you. If you start using the word more, it's in Urban Dictionary. I checked as soon as I saw this article. So my only dictionary source is already using it. But they are also selling orbisculate merchandise on their website. All the proceeds go to Carson's Village, which is an organization that helps people deal with the loss of a loved one. Very nice. Uh, and so, yeah, these two great kids are trying, Hillary and Jonathan Krieger are trying to honor their father. Um, so if you want to go to the website, which I can figure out and we'll put up on the, uh, on our Instagram, I love Orbisculate and and I was drawn to this because I'll have created such a wonderful word that I want to add to the dictionary. What word did she create, Scotty? When you're drinking and you, uh, and you have a giggle Uh, laugh. Yeah, you're great. Yeah, you're grangle. When you grangle. Uh, yeah, grangle. We were like doing, yeah, so she created this word grangle because I was just like, this was like in the beginning of the choir when it was just like, all right, I guess I'm her teacher. So we're, I have to like <laughs> teach her in addition to just taking care of her. A lot of home so teachers. Like we got out these big pieces. Of, this quickly went downhill to just be like, how about we watch TV again? Uh, <laughs> we'll go for a walk. Teen Titans? Uh, but, but we were doing... Uh, we were doing onomatopoeias because those are so fun to like say, like crash and spark- sparkle, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we wrote out a whole bunch of onomatopoeias, like slam and splat. Splat. Yeah. And she was she like loved them, mm-hmm. and then she just came up to me and she was just like, "Grangle." That's when, and I was like, "What's a grangle?" And she said, "It's when you." It's when you're like drinking, yeah. and then your throat like has a giggle, yep. Um, and it's like that thing when you're like you you swallow something and then you hear it go like mm-hmm. like down your throat. That's a grangle, and there's not really a word for that. Nope, grangle and orbisculate. Those are where the the bananas podcast is going to push these words very hard. So if your kids have that little that little giggle down their throat when they're drinking. It's a grangle, and if you're cutting citrus, cutting that big uh, pomangelo, and it blows up in your face, <laughs> you got abisculated. So sweet. I love it. So, uh, guys, we did it again. This is the end, but go to BananasLive.com. Get your tickets for our live episode. It's going to be really, really fun. I'm the Banana Spectacular 2021. We'd love to have you. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 